to remove this background. I will figure it out in a second. I am here super excited to get us started. <laughs> happy, happy, happy day. Whether it's a Monday, whether it's a Tuesday, doesn't matter. I'm Tina, and welcome to the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show. I cannot believe we are at the end of season two. And this is a bonus track. I'm so excited about this bonus track. If you've been around, you know, we talk about those hard conversations, right? I take you to those places that you really don't want to go, those dark places. We know a trauma and a tragedy, when they come together, that's a traumedy. And when that happens, life-changing experiences occur. And I have been so gifted from God to be given so many of these traumedies, and I push through. And my goal is to inspire and motivate you to push you through your traumedies. As we know, season one, we had some guests in here, and these guests shared with us their stories, how they turned their traumas to triumphs. And in season two, I went super deep with my personal experience of different traumas that I went through, like domestic violence, suicide as a teenager, losing a son, losing a father. So we're just wrapping that up, and with that wrap-up comes this beautiful book. Wooty wooty woo! Book day is launching October 28th. I'm so excited. And in this book, I share a little bit about my story. We talk about what is trauma. And then at the end, this is my favorite part of the book. It's a toolkit. And in this toolkit, you're going to get tools, strategies, exercises, journal prompts, all sorts of things to push you through the pain, to push you through that trauma. And today, I'm so excited because when I came up with this idea of the book. I've always had an idea to write a book the day after my son was murdered, but that's not this book. I'm not ready for, I'm not mentally ready for that book yet because writing this book was very, very hard. I usually don't say that word hard, but it was hard for two reasons. One, because every time I wrote, I had to relive what happened. So it's like I'm writing and I'm remembering and then I'm remembering more stuff. So that was one reason why it was hard. And the second reason why it was hard is because it's my first book. And then I'm looking at other people who have written books and I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything like that. So I kind of questioned, who am I to write a book about this? But then I thought, Tina, you've gone through it all. So I speak 
from my personal experiences. I'm never going to tell you anything to do or have you do anything that I haven't done or my clients haven't done. So then I thought, hmm, hmm, who can I get to collab with me on this book to make it for me a little more, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but just to make me feel more confident with the book. Because yes, I am extremely confident what I have to say, but professionals, you know, people that go to college and get degrees are pretty good, right? So I'm going to read the very first chapter, just a little bit of it. I should probably put my glasses on since uh <laughs> Can't really see too well. And the beginning of the chapter says, people come into your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. I love what I do, and each day is an experience. Your vibe is your tribe. It's one of my go-to statements. My tribe has Monday night accountability meetings, and let's just say I don't hold back on anything. If I'm having a rough day with my son or daughter, I will share it. Aisha, one of my stars would constantly say to me, Tina, have you found a therapist yet? <laughs> she would constantly say that. Has your daughter found a therapist? You see, she's a therapist, and I guess she could see that I needed a therapist. She really motivated me to get a therapist, and I am so grateful. I love my therapist, by the way. She is the bomb.com. Nobody is better than her. Uh, she really motivated me to get a therapist. We're talking about Aisha here. I've had a therapist in the past, but I never really had good experiences. So I was a bit hesitant. With that being said, the writer of chapter one, and we call this, what is trauma, is a very good friend, client. I don't know what you want to call her. Make some noise for Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? Hello. How you feeling today? Oh, Lord, I did it again. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to get it together. You know what it is? I got a new phone. And honestly, I don't know how to turn the freaking printer off. If I'm being honest with you. <laughs> See, I thought I turned it off, but more noises are coming. But that's okay. Anyway, Aisha, can you tell the peeps a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and why you're so amazing? Well, first, your very first question, I am feeling blessed and I'm feeling well today. I, I actually feel very good today. First day in a long time, kind of been sick the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm feeling better today. So uh, my name is Aisha Jakashera. I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I am licensed in the state of Arizona, which is where I reside, and also um, in Wisconsin, where I am from. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I have, oof, I've been in this field of helping people uh, ever since I was around 12, and I am wow, 12 years young. Yeah, because I used to work in like daycares, and I used to help, and educate. And actually, originally, I wanted to be a teacher. So I thought until I discovered <laughs> I wanted to be a therapist while I was student teaching, almost done with my undergraduate. No <laughs> what made you, what was the aha or what made you? Uh, <laughs> I can tell you what the aha moment was. I literally was in a second grade classroom and I was like on the board and it's like, you know, two plus two is four. And I'm like, ah, this is okay. Is this what I really want to do? And then it was this little girl in the front row <clears throat> and she just literally was crying and tearing up. And I'm like, and I went over to her and I don't think I was supposed to do this, but I got down on her level. And I said, I said, what's wrong? What's going on? 
And I, I'm supposed to be teaching the class. And in that <laughs> moment, I said, you know, I think I'm going to go change my major to psychology. I mean, I finished the lesson and everything. And, <laughs> and then um, my counselor was like, you know, you're getting ready to graduate. You just passed like the, the teacher's exam and all of that. And you're going to have to be in school for an additional two years. And I was like, you know, that's okay. Okay, so I switched my major and then I also added addictions in there as well. Cause I was like, well, if I'm gonna be in school for another two years, then I also wanna do something else because I was very interested in psychology and addictions. And so then I graduated with um with a double major and then I went to graduate school and here I am. <laughs> wow. Now I didn't know I, I saw all your letters on there. So I know you mentioned ad addictions somehow. Uh, as we get started with trauma, what did it feel like writing about trauma? You know, because when I asked you to write in the book, and I thought it was funny, you know, when I first asked you, you were like, no. And I had to use my emotional intelligence. <laughs> I, was like, no. I was like, okay, she doesn't want to write the chapter. Well, first of all, that was a miscommunication, Tina. If you're going to tell the story, you have to tell the whole story. So I read that and I'm on the treadmill. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I thought she said, that she sent it to the wrong person. I thought she was sending it to Dr. Such and Such, right? Oh my gosh, Tina. <laughs> so I thought she was sending it to someone else. And so I actually, <clears throat> excuse me, I actually got a little offended. And I was like, uh, how dare her send this to me but then renege on it in a sense. And then I guess Tina was feeling a certain way because I actually said no problem. <laughs> um, I thought she sent it to the wrong person, but then we actually talked about it. See how texting can get. And I thought it said no, and I was like, okay, she's too good for me. You see? <laughs> so so then we we figured it out, and then I because I was actually excited, and then I was like, uh, but remember I'm on a treadmill, so I'm like, oh, she sent it. To the wrong person, because I know sometimes you you'll be thinking about somebody and then you'll send it in to the wrong person. So I thought that like that's kind of what happened, and I was just like, well, okay, because I had like never wrote a book or um, I don't think anybody's asked me to write like a chapter. So I was just like, oh, okay, well, that would have been fun. So then <laughs> when she finally did, when we when we got to the bottom of all of that, I was like, oh. and then then I was like, wait. I don't know what to write about. Like, it's just my mind just started going everywhere. And and then, you know, so for your next book, I actually do want to write more about like the addiction side, you know? Um, so, yeah. But um, for this one, I was like, I don't know where to start, what to say, how to say it. Like, I just have all these ideas. And and then I felt like my imposter syndrome started taking over. I was like, well, why did she ask me? I'm not good enough to write this. I don't know how to write this. Like, coming from me, yes. I was like, I don't I know. Feeling that that's why I came to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. Um, and and then and then I got injured. Oh, it was it, it's been this journey. So then I, I I hurt myself, and then I was just like, oh, this is not meant to be. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do it. And every good therapist has a therapist. So then I met with my therapist and I was just like, I was just like, um, you know, I'm supposed to write a chapter in this book and I don't want to let her down, but I don't know what to write. And now I'm injured. And, and so we actually came up with a plan um, and I executed the plan. 
And then I was procrastinating and Tina actually gave me a deadline and I work very well with deadlines. So mm -hmm. when you gave me the deadline, I was like, oh, okay. You were like, you know, I just need your draft by Wednesday. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to give her the draft by Monday night. <laughs> Overachiever. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, so yes, and here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have two things I want to chat about really quick. First of all, you said helping people. And I think you do a lot more than help people. I've moved away from using that word help because when you help someone, it's like they can't do it on their own. So I say support. So I just wanted to add that. I think you do so much more and you don't even realize. And I remember when you first started, by the way, Aisha started with our fitness um, team. You know, she was taking classes and we had these Monday night meetings. And do you remember when you first started and you were doing like the breath work, the box breathing? <laughs> yes. It was like Thursday therapy. I was like, look at her. I, just, I loved how Tita would just put me on the spot. She was like, oh, and Aisha doesn't know this yet, but she's going to lead us. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, okay. Let me think. Okay. <laughs> we need those people to stretch us, right? And then another thing you said is I love when you said good therapists, not therapists, but she said good therapists have therapists. I've never heard that. Oh, absolutely. Can you say that with coaches too? Yes, and, and absolutely. Just like I and you think about it, you know, every good chiropractor has a chiropractor, right? They can't crack themselves. Every good doctor has a doctor, so on and so forth, right? Every good coach has a coach or coaches in a sense. And so um like my fair like like I have consultation to like help me process like more difficult clients and stuff, but my therapy is for me. And everything that I go through, my trauma, my anxiety, all of my stuff so that I can be present when I am working with my clients. So that's what, yeah. So, you know, somebody says they don't have a therapist. Being a therapist, I'm just like, oh, okay. So now you're going to make me ask my therapist if she has one. I'll be so disappointed if she says no. Like, Loki, I don't want to ask her. I'm scared. Well, she says okay. And, and okay. And I will say this. There may be seasons as well. So um, I actually didn't have a therapist for a while. And then when my dad passed a couple of years ago, I got back into therapy. And so now I've been in therapy ever since because things just kind of been coming okay. up. But there were a couple of years to where I did have more so coaches than a therapist. So I feel like you should always have some someone or somebody. Um, so it may not necessarily be like therapy in a clinical sense, but because something traumatic did happen again mm -hmm. um, and grief and loss, I needed a therapist to help me process that. So I went back to my therapist. So she may or may not at the moment. I think it's like when you had told me once when I told you that I think I may not need her. Not that I don't need her, but I'm feeling good. And you said there's seasons, like you don't want your clients to stay with you all the time. Is that am I saying that correctly? Oh, absolutely. Um, that is so true. Like I always tell my clients, my job is to actually work my way out of a job. I want people to get to a point to where they can start to use the tools and the techniques and they feel like they're centered enough to go ahead and then come back to me if something else arises or seek another therapist if if they need something uh, like a specialty that I may not specialize in. So absolutely. Gotcha, gotcha. So in the book, I noticed you gave us some slides. I wanted to talk about those before I go to the slides. Addictions, 
we're talking about trauma. How does trauma and addictions play a part? Um, for me, I'm thinking when I go through, you know, some of, in the book, I said there's tools of bad things. So I guess, I'm sorry, good things to help you push through. And the bad things I'm guessing could be like food addictions. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it definitely could be um, like a comfort thing in a sense. So you mentioned food. And so, you know, food can be comforting. And so people constantly kind of want that feeling or that safety, that reassurance. So they just continue to go overboard with it. Or it can be on the opposite side of numbing. This is too much for me. So I just want to work or you know, I just drink or I put these substances in my body because I just don't want to feel the hurt, the pain, or what, what, whatever it may be. So um, more often than not, the two definitely can go together. You know, if you find something that that kind of feels good or it works, um, it may not be the most healthiest thing, and it's more of like a destructive behavior. But some people are like, "Well, this is what worked for me." or it did help me, so I'm gonna to continue to do it. And then it starts to do things to the brain and then you just kind of continue and then it's out of your control at that point. I Until you it. seek services and then we can like shift the brain back, yeah. Okay, so let's get into your slides right now. Ooh, and okay. I know you guys my phone and that's okay, that's okay. Let's just say I'm popping right now. Oh, huh. well, you're always popping. Oh, you're too sweet. You're too sweet. So I don't know if you remember your chart, uh, trauma. She says, of course you do. Can you talk to us about that? And guys, this is chapter one of the book, No More Traumedy. This is chapter one written by Aisha. Is there a way we could pull it? Yep. Renee's actually getting it together. Okay. And as she's getting that together, I want I want your thoughts on this right here. This is something that I've added to the book because people always say to me, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, I see you ready to jump into this. <laughs> and I'm like, do it. Give me your thoughts on this because I see it all over uh, your face. Well, well, I love it because oftentimes people may not know how they feel. So I love the emojis um, for a couple of reasons, because people have like a variety and they can choose things. And then also for me, when I use like charts similar to this, sometimes people may not know well, what, what, I don't know what embarrassed means. And then like, you know, that's like a teachable moment. Um, mm. So it's almost kind of like a twofold, but it gives people choices outside of just like the happy, sad, angry, you know what I mean? They, they, mm -hmm. they can like start to um, explore other emotions because each emotion or feeling can be slightly different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because being happy is different than feeling excited or proud or confident or cheerful, even though they may be in like the, the same family in a sense. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, so I wanted to share that. I mean, this is something I added to the book. You know, I keep adding stuff. I'm not adding hey, anymore. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the idea from Dr. Dale. She's in the book as well. She was talking and she was like um, feelings or something. And one of my clients, she's a teacher. Go ahead. You got something for us? That's okay. Um, yeah, I just, I read, do, 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 do. So I actually, I have it here. Yeah. Of course wow. I do. Um, you know, improvise. Improvise. <laughs> um, All right. So show, show us what it is and tell us okay. what it is for those that can't see. Because so this is going to be. It is, it's like an index card and it talks about like, um, 
on this side, it talks about like trauma elements and is spelling out the word trauma. And in the book, I explain it a little bit more, but it talks about how the T are for, for triggers and how they are a threat. I don't know, but like when when you do kind of get triggered, you kind of go back into that fight, flight or freeze kind of responses. Um, you're more like like reactive or you just kind of like respond. A is for, you know, alienation and, and isolation. U is the unsafe and uncertain. M is like the memory distortion or the fragmented pieces. And then the A is for the, you know, the automatic nervous system dysregulation, which then kind of takes us into the other side. So this is just, I don't know. When I first saw this, I was just like, whoa, like that kind of explains things. And then even if people don't understand, then of course, you know, during therapy, I go into more detail of what each one of these, you know, kind of really mean, like the difference between like, you know, like alienation and isolation, like isolation, you just kind of going off being on your own and alienation is more so like family and friends kind of, you know, start to pull away for, you know, for a lot of different reasons, you know, it could be anger or whatever is going on. Um, so, but the other side, Tina, wouldn't you agree? It has. It's a lot. It's like a rabbit hole. It's like a <laughs> I know. That's why I wanted to like show it because <laughs> I'm like, okay. So are these tools that you use with your clients? Oh, absolutely. So, um, and I'll show it in a second. But even when I first saw um, the other side, when I first saw it, I was like, what? And then when, when and then when the doctor explained it, I said, oh, and it's like color coordinated. But um, window of tolerance. So this is like a I always, I always like to use like a window. So the wider the window is open, the more you can breathe, the more you can like kind of process and flow. When when you get triggered or when things outside of your control happen, that window starts to almost close. So you can imagine you're not breathing kind of as well and not a, you can't really process a lot of things. And so I'm going to show you the chart now and then kind of, <laughs> kind of walk you through the different colors. So woo, here's the charts. And I decided to put the book in color yeah, so that people nice. can actually see because I had to read. Oh, my gosh. Good thing I did this today. I have to reword yeah. it because, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So when you're when your window of tolerance, which is the, the yellow, I feel like this is so backwards. When the window is, is open, you are emotionally regulated. You're able to self-soothe when, when situations outside of your control start to come up. So the things in the green is backwards. Um, those are like the triggers or an event or a situation or something that could start to close your window of tolerance. But if you have- Can you give a couple examples? Because um, can open it. well, uh, triggers can be anything, but like, uh, oh, okay, I got a perfect example. Let's just say, not not going in in too deep, but let's say like I'm having a good day, and one of my main triggers is like when somebody cuts me off and gets in front of me. So that's <laughs> definitely something that could, if if I don't have, if I'm not exercising, which is this section, or breathing, or kind of taking care of myself. Um, could could start to close my window of tolerance. And then what can happen is I, I could start to get angry. It could increase my anxiety if I have to like pump on my brakes or something like that. 
um, in, in, in a sense. So it could be like a, a lot of different examples. Um, that's just one that I use. Like I said, it's not really a big one, but can you, you can imagine, um, uh, you know, something bigger that can like push you outside of the window of tolerance. And then it is more of like the fight or flight or hypo arouse. And some of the things, if you go above your window of tolerance can be, you can start to feel overwhelmed, anger, aggression, rage. That's when some of those um, like obsessive compulsive kind of behaviors start overeating or restricting. Mm. That's where addictions falls, impulsivity and so on and so forth. So um, yeah, let's just say somebody gets assaulted. Okay. Cause maybe like road rage isn't the, the best example for this person. <laughs> um, <laughs> so their window, definitely they might not be able to self-soothe. That's super traumatic. And then down here, the blue is the opposite, hypo aroused, or you go into the freeze response. And what happens there is um, you start to disconnect or, you know, disassociation. You're not present. You're unavailable. You shut down. You start to have memory loss. You kind of go into autopilot. Um, you, you, you start to separate yourself and feelings and emotions from like other people. So what happens is then you you either stay up here or you stay down here or even you go up and down and you're not able to function. You're not able to process. You're basically not able to do anything when that window of tolerance is almost closed. So as you start to open it, that's when people, you know, go into therapy and just kind of taking care of yourself. That's when you're able to start to process things and like move forward, if that makes sense. You're able yeah. to sleep better. You're able to eat. So I'm very yeah. grateful that we're starting the book out with those two. So that's chapter mm -hmm. one. <laughs> I want to close with EMDR. Am I saying that correctly? You do that as well? Absolutely. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yes. And if you can explain that, because I've been wanting that type of therapist for years, you guys are scarce and far beyond, like very, very hard to find. Can you share with people exactly what that is and how it helps people? So as you can imagine, as much as I love talk therapy, um, what's that? Well, no, just, just regular talk therapy. As okay, much as talk. I love talk therapy, um, if you're someone like me, you can be very stubborn. Um, you can shut down. So talk therapy, what happens is it's called, it's called top down therapy to where your thoughts are there. You know, my therapist can ask me something and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. So I'm going to change the subject or I'm going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to go there. So I'm just going to shut down. Right. So that happens in a sense. And then, you, you kind of stay stuck and you're unable to move forward. So um, types of therapy like EMDR, and there are um, some other ones too, um, it's called bottom-up therapy. So what it does is it uses um, bilateral stimulation, so both parts of the brain, to kind of help you kind of process and like desensitize some of the more kind of traumatic events. And what I mean from bottom up is your body is already starting to work and process things before it gets to your mind and you have the um, ability to shut it down. So instead of top down, it's more so bottom up therapy. And now don't get me wrong, your body can still be stubborn. And but that's why we learn how to do it to kind of help you still overcome those obstacles 
and help you process things um, a lot quicker than if than just regular talk therapy. But talk therapy is wonderful. Talk therapy, it can be a great start for a lot of people. And then this can just kind of enhance once a person kind of gets to a point to start to process some of those kind of bigger traumas. What is an example um, of something that this is that this does? Is this is this tapping or is it something totally different? Um, it's, it's different forms. Um, so with the eye movement, um, uh, either the therapist can use their hands to guide you, and we have certain words to kind of get you set up to go. Um, we do like the the tapping. Um, I have um, buzzies. Well, when I used to do in person, that people will hold. Uh, you shock yeah. the people like they're in an institution or some sort, girl. <laughs> no, it's not like the shock therapy. Also, it could be audio. So, um, uh, people have like headphones and it's like the beep, 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 beep. So, it's using a bilateral stimulation to, to really help kind of have you go deep, um, you know, a lot quicker. It's amazing. I love you. Do you think that I'm just going really deep right now? Someone's going to regular therapy, but they're not, as you said, they're here and they're holding things back and they don't want to talk about that. So they run away from it. Do you think, how do you know when someone needs to go into this type of therapy? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a couple of different ways. Um, but I really listen intently to like what people tell me. Um, obviously, there's skills that you can take to kind of track um, your progress. But, you know, sometimes people do kind of just stay kind of stuck. And then because you need to actually have cushion before you do this therapy, as you can imagine, because, I guess right um, you need to have more coping skills before and, and also an EMDR therapist can can help build those too. Um so um so you need kind of need that cushion but a, but a therapist will know like in addition to this you know you also may need this so you like if the therapist isn't trained in that um we you may need to have another therapist to where you kind of start to focus on the EMDR, but then also we can continue kind of like what we're doing as well, or we can stop and you can focus on that. And then once you start to process things, then then you can you can come back or yeah. So it's it's a variety of ways. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So I'm super excited about the book. I'm so grateful and thankful that you jumped on board with me because this is the biggest thing. And, you know, I've been going back and forth with the cover because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't end up firing him. Uh, he's still around. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, give him a chance. <laughs> I had this picture in my mind, you know, so I'm very excited. I know we are going to change lives. I want to set up some type of book tour so that I can come to you so that we can maybe find a bookstore or somewhere to do like a, an event, a speaking event or something, because it just feels so good to be able to let people not go through what I went through. Like seven years, I learned a lot of what not to do. So if I can eliminate that from some people, that just makes me feel really good. Usually the end of it. Usually at the end of these, I like to bring Renee on to see if she has any questions or comments. So I'm going to pull Renee through and see what you thought about today's interview. Renee, questions, comments, thoughts. I love Aisha. I love you too, Renee. 
<laughs> I, had, I have read that section so many times and I learned something every time I review wow. it. I have a question for you. Depending on a person's trauma, mm -hmm. can it manifest like in other, how can it manifest like in things that have like absolutely nothing to do with what triggered their trauma? Say um, someone has a rough childhood and they become emotional about that. Can those emotional outbursts manifest themselves in situations that have absolutely nothing to do with that situation? Absolutely, because they don't have like the, the coping skills or they might just kind of be stuck kind of in that, in that event or whatever happened, those things that happen subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And they take that into everyday life. They take that into everyday kind of just situations into their relationships. And they may not even know mm -hmm. like what's going on, which is why therapy can kind of help put those two together. Mm -hmm. And then people, people have their own aha moments. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the best when people are like, oh my gosh, or I may say something to help them like make connections. It, it's just it's mm -hmm. magical to me. <laughs> the, the chapter is so, so good. I really enjoyed what you put in there. Yes, thank you. Have, have you ever gone to or thought about doing a retreat for this type of thing for people that have gone through a trauma or tragedy? Um, well, since I've been working with you, um, <laughs> I, I have, again, the thought kind of like crossed my mind, but then it's kind of like, oh, that may be fun. And then it, yeah. <laughs> so, yes and no. Okay. So I don't know if this is true, but this is what I heard. You know that we're going to be doing some type of trauma <laughs> retreat or something. I was speaking with Dale months ago. Yeah. And, you know, she's an emotional intelligent coach and she was talking about how she wants, she's from Honduras and how she wants to help her people there. So we're planning a retreat in April in Honduras for emotional intelligence, that sort of stuff. So, you know, Arizona is beautiful. I sent you some of the pictures there. So maybe, you know, and like you said, it's a good time to get away and help other people and, you know, all that enjoying and stuff. So, yes, I'm super excited. Closing thoughts from either one of you from today's episode of Trauma and No More Trauma, Traumedy. Renee, you want to lead us out with anything before we get out of here? Oh, season just, two, over. Season one, done. Yeah. Wait a second, Renee. So, um, Aisha, let me tell you what season three is going to be about. It's all about the men. Ooh, so nice. last season, Veronica was a co-host with me, and we interviewed someone named Pastor Jeff or PJ, and he's been through almost every trauma there was. And she was like, a lot of men don't get to express their feelings. They don't get to express their emotions. And she says, why don't you just have it all about the men? So next season, it's going to be all of men's stories, what they've gone through, giving them an opportunity to speak. And then we're going to have a panel discussion at the end of men that have been married two times or more. <laughs> I, Ooh, I, I, I know somebody who might Qualify for that. I need someone because I don't really know anyone who's been married two times, has been two times or more. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me that number. Renee, you're closing your thoughts and then we'll go over to you. I, yeah. I don't want to bust him out right now, but he's very, <laughs> he, um, he's related to me. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, is it the B? R? 
the second one just finalized um on 9-11 actually yes oh wow but you know what's so wild sorry that we're getting off topic people but that's okay so they were talking about statistics i don't know if this is true but uh they were saying 50 percent of marriages that end in divorce just as soon as you get married 50 percent and then they said uh the second divorce is 75% are going to end. I mean, that's not funny, but they said the more you get married, the likely it is to break up because you're so used to like breaking up with wow. that in general. Wasn't it like Elizabeth Taylor? She was married a few times. More than a few, but yes. <laughs> she was married more than three times. Yeah. I think it was probably like five or six. Oh, wow. She's like, I got time for you. I got to go. I got to go. Gotta go. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Your okay, Renee. So at the end, what's your closing thoughts for this segment and the seasons? I can't believe how fast the seasons yeah. are going. My closing thought is I will reiterate that this book is a game changer for everyone. Aisha, I say it all the time. Everyone has trauma and tragedy in some form or another in their life. One person's trauma and tragedy is different from somebody else's. So it will be a game changer for anyone who picks it up and reads it. Those are my closing thoughts. Thank you, Renee. I love it. And I'll piggyback off of that. You're absolutely right. And how I like to categorize it is, is um, you know, everybody has either big traumas, you know, um, you know, car accidents, whatever. And it could be different for everybody, just like Renee said, or it can be little T's to where, you may not think it's a big deal, but it still impacts your life, even if it's just a little bit in a relationship here, at work here, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, some people may not even be aware of it. They may not know until those connections are made and they're like, whoa, wait, this this isn't normal. And so um, one thing I will say about me is um, um, being a therapist, if anybody does want to reach out to me, you definitely can. Um, but because I'm only licensed in two states, I can only serve people in those states. But if someone reaches out to me, I can, you know, possibly provide them with resources to try to find someone um, in their area. So, so definitely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love how you said a little T or big T. I'm taking that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that's how I start off with my clients because I we, we categorize and then we start to kind of work through, um, yeah. Each I love one. that. I love it because I tend to, I used to in the past, like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. For me, it's probably not that bad. For that person, you really don't know. And also, on. and also, is it not that bad because you're minimizing it or is it really not that bad? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then you have those people that are just like, up, up, up all the time, like faking. I don't want to say faking, just really not facing the situation that's going on. And that makes it even harder as well. But again, real quick, I'm sorry. I know we got to go, but they may be all up here. So everything is heightened. So it, it's true. And they don't know how to widen that window of tolerance to help them start to process those things that keep them up in that, um, you know, in that mode, in that fight or flight mode. So... I love it. Closing thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful, excited, nervous, all the feelings you can think of. I'm feeling about this book, our relationship. I, I can't believe we're coming up almost on a year of knowing each other. 
<laughs> I know. Oh, and by the way, I'm down over 30 pounds. Woo, woo, been counting. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> Did you give him to me? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. So grateful. We're just growing, growing, and just expanding each other. What What can we expect from Aisha? I'm throwing this in here. I know this interview is over. But what can we expect from you? I'll give you a couple seconds to think oh, because, you know, it's 13. It's 13 weeks left in this year. We're coming up on the last quarter. This morning as I was teaching class, I was just like, you know what? Bigger. Got to go bigger. And I guess as I'm working on patenting this word traumedy, it's like, what is traumedy? Is it a book? Is it a, like, what is the goods and service? What is it? And I'm like, it's got to be bigger. It's got to be more like Coca-Cola, like Nike. Like it's got to crash and take over the world. So I'm thinking super big and I need a tribe of strong, amazing women with me to change the world and i've elected you i don't have any details yet but anyway what, <laughs> what can we expect from you oh what to expect from aisha so right now i actually do have my own private practice and it is Woo! wonderful i know i love it how long um, have you had it um i've i've had my llc since 2012 um but in 2015 it was like part-time and since I would say 20, 2019, I've been um, solely just um, in my private practice and like not having, you know, any other jobs. Um, well, that's got to feel amazing. Job. Yes, it does. But what's 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 next for Aisha is one step further is um, I will be I don't want to say opening up, but I will be inheriting. No, I don't know if that's the right word either. But more of like, <laughs> like an outpatient clinic to where um, I can do more of like supervision of up and coming therapists, have other therapists um, also uh, work for me. We're going to have programs like with kids, with adults. Um, my brother is also going to be in there um, helping me as well. We want to do um, more stuff with with group homes and just more in the community. So it is um, a black owned business here in Tucson that um, I used to be the executive director and clinical director for. Um, and it's just a lot up in the works. Um, what is it happening? I don't know the date yet, but very next year. Uh, I'm going to say like, let's say early next year. Okay. That's great. That's great. That's good. I'm yes. so excited. I am. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And since you asked, I was like, hey. You got to get it out there, right? We have to make the plans. So let's, we're, we're, I'm sorry. We just go all over the place. Go all over the place. So that's happening in January. So let's get the steps going for that. I love how you have your team together already. I love the ideas. I love that you're getting, uh, I think I heard you say helping children as well. Did you say that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I work with kids. I, um, um, I work a lot with, with kids, teens and women, and I also work with men. And I know I didn't talk a lot about me, but I've, I've worked with, of course, addictions, corrections. I've actually worked, um, with the 980 with sex offenders. I've worked with, yeah. Um, yeah. I've worked in just about every arena, inpatient, outpatient, residential, you name it. I, I raised my hand cause I might need you on that panel when we have the men, of a oh. <laughs> doctor of choice. <laughs> okay. Definitely. All right, crew, we are out of here. This is the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show. That show that's 
just growing and growing, changing the world. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored and blessed. Thank you. No, I'm glad you found the time because I know you're like the busy, busy woman. We get to dance party right now. Dance party now. Passion in your heart, fire in your eyes. But you want to rise, I am not disguised.